from KCRW, this is Lost Notes. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Centronics. Check this out. My name is Dave Centron, and I go under DJ Centronics. DJ, he gets down. Go, DJ. And now, report from our investigative team. We're about to take you inside the secret world of pirate radio. Congratulations, homie. You made history. First time I signed on, just fold. Great. It was like, wow, you know, I'm on the air. And then I called friends and I said, hey, tune in to 91.9. And they would tune in. They're like, wow, what the hell are you doing? How the hell are you on the radio? And I said, well, I'm going to take this serious. I like this. I'm going to broadcast as long as I can. You're listening to Bad, Bad Radio. Bad Radio. 91.9 FM. WBAD. Genuine sickness. New York. I'm Solomon Giorgio. Today... I have something very important to tell you. Pirate Radio is alive and well in New York City. I can hear about three dozen stations a night from where I live in Flatbush, Brooklyn. That's David Gorin. He's a producer who's obsessed with radio and the communities that spring up around the airwaves. Those stations he's talking about are the illegal ones. No license, no FCC regulation, and no one stopping them from playing whatever the hell they want. Yeah, it's getting late. But there weren't always so many of these stations. It used to be that in the 80s, there would be a, like a few kids on late at night, belching into the microphone, playing rock and roll. What is this? I mean, you guys don't have any commercials? Is this a real station? Well, what this is is a pirate station. Illegal. Illegal? They'd play cat and mouse games with the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, and occasionally they were caught and taken off the air. But starting in the early to mid-90s, it became much easier to get on the air. There began to be cheap FM transmitters that you could buy for several hundred dollars. Before that, you would have to somehow find a transmitter and learn how to operate it. But economics and technology sort of coincided. So things exploded, and the fallout brought way more new sounds. And I remember... One of the first stations that sort of broke the mold. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. 91.9 FM. These guys were on earlier, and they were on for several hours, and they were called WBAD. I mean, you had a very popular legal hip-hop station, Hot 97. But the problem with Hot 97 is they had to follow the rules. They could only broadcast sanitized versions of hip-hop lyrics, so no profanity. And the real hip-hop that was being created in the streets wasn't really getting out over the air, whereas WBAD could play whatever they wanted. David actually tracked down one of the guys behind WBAD. Turns out that by day, he was your friendly neighborhood UPS delivery driver, Dave Cintron. But at night, he got behind the mic and transformed into DJ Centronics. It felt good. You're doing something that no one else is doing, and you're doing a good job. His star DJ was Dren Star. Going on the air was the best thing in the world because we, we had all the power. These people boldly put an illegal radio station on the air and captured the heart of the hip-hop community of the mid-90s. When you're trying to fly under the radar, how high can you go? From KCRW, this is Lost Notes.
I learned a lot of things through Dr. X. All right, more music by DJ Centronic. DJ Dave Centronic on Nasty Radio WJQR with Dr. X. Ugh. We used to laugh because we used to say he can make a transmitter out of pots and pans. That's how smart he was. You know, he would go to Radio Shack and he would buy all kinds of gadgets and build stuff. And then he got comfortable with me and, you know, he showed me the transmitter. So I was very fascinated with the whole pirate radio. And he taught me some things and then he sold me the transmitter. For security reasons, I'm broadcasting from an undisclosed location because the subject of tonight's American expose is terrorism. It was a really big clunky transmitter it was like all tubes you know once i bought that then i put it up in an apartment that i had over here in windsor terrace we put the antenna up and then i started and then i decided to call it you know since we knew we were doing something that was bad we decided to call it wbad radio yeah this is badass radio yo what's up cause what's up with those radio stations playing love songs all day long hey yo i never knew love like that before and I don't want to know love like that no more I'd rather hear that ill shit that some trying to be playing We don't play no commercials, so son, what you saying? Bad radio, pirate station, not creation Sponsors and censors, we got no relation Never break up like Jodeci and Devante Centronics mystic, Carlito Brigante Sinister cause, D.O.T. Vigilante If you want to battle, let's make the betting up to any. We could get ill for real and still go to heaven Bad radio, Sundays, 5 to 11 Back in the 90s, you couldn't get your music played anywhere. I saw an opportunity to play some of this independent music, the stuff that the radio stations like Hot 97, they wouldn't play because Puff Daddy at the time was dominating the radio station and, you know, there was some sort of, I don't know, I, I don't know how true it is, but they said there was payola going on, you know, and they controlled the stations. What would up? Yo, 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 yo. Drunstar. We here. We go by the name of Drunstar. I was born and raised in Lower East Side of Manhattan. I've been doing music for over 25 years. I believe Centronics reached out to me because he was already doing the show. He was doing a house music, club music, and when he brought me on board, it was to do the hip-hop show. He never did hip-hop before, so we collaborated on that together, and it really went uh, viral wasn't the word at the time, but yeah, it went viral. You know, we provided four or five hours of just nonstop raw hip-hop that people were just fiending for at the time. Well, they didn't have to buy a mixtape, and they didn't have to go run around. They could just be wherever they were at, in the park, in the barbershop. We had a lot of barbershops. That's all the talk of the town goes on. You know, that's where we got a lot of love. We were the only ones at that time providing that type of platform for the type of music we were playing. We played all the dirty versions. We would do like a test run. I would be in the car and try to go as far as I can. And, and the signal was nice and crispy. And, you know, we would know what zones we were hitting hard by our callers. First thing we would ask them was, where you calling from? Hey, where, you, where you calling from? I'm calling from the Flatbush right now. Yo, Papa, man, what's the hottest station, baby? 91.9. Right. I got it right. What's up, man? Where you calling from? From Bushwick. Hello, you on B80 Radio? Yeah. What's up, baby? Yeah, wanna give a shout out to the funk niggas. All right, Hold on, my nigga, fast, Kate. Where you calling from? The lower. Lower deck. 
BAD radio in the yeah, area. It was priceless. Like going on the air is is priceless, you know. Knowing that what you're doing and speaking into a microphone, knowing that thousands and thousands of people are hearing you and, and supporting you and appreciate what you're doing for the hip hop community and it was a great feeling. Every time we did our show it was nothing but love. Well up. Got my nigga Trevor Squadian, Captain Leader, big motherfucking pun in the studio right now, nah man. This is why niggas hate us. You know what I'm saying? They hate us for doing our thing, we'll hate them back. <laughs> hate play haters. It was really Dren who, I gotta say, was out there and pushing, you know? I saw Dren was very aggressive and very ambitious, and, and he really promoted, and that's what I needed. But once he did what he did, look where it got him, you know? It got him nowhere, and it got him nowhere fast. It got big, you know, we, we got a lot of love and eventually when you get too big and you do something illegal, you know, they, they come knocking on your door. So that's pretty much what happened there. We got a little too big. There would be times we would broadcast and then you would get like a station, you know, who they knew we were broadcasting at that time. We had a situation one time that they broadcasted over us. And that was a total disrespect because we took pride in what we did. So we knew who these guys were. And, you know, we were like the FCC. We had a tracker and we tracked them down and I made them shut it off. And they actually did. After that, they never did that again. And we had a situation also, I believe, somewhere in downtown Brooklyn where they wouldn't shut it off. And we said, hey, you know, this is our time slot. What are you doing? You know, you can't broadcast over us. And he told us, screw you. So we went up and we tracked them because we had the tracker and we cut their wires. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm just trying to picture how much gear Centronics and Dren had to cram into their New York apartments. How did that even work? So you really had to, you had to go to some lengths. You needed a transmitter, you needed an antenna up high, and then you needed, you know, mixing boards and microphones and turntables. And the longer they were on the air, they actually became fairly sophisticated. They had two studios by the end of their airtime that were linked up by like a high-quality phone line. It was it was pretty cool, you know. And, they were, and DJ Syntronics in particular was very passionate about it. He was into the music, but he was also just into the notion of getting a station on the air. I did know it was illegal, yeah, of course. And Dr. X told me, listen, you know, the FCC, once they find out about you, they're going to give you a warning. And if you don't shut it down, then the next one's going to be, they're going to take your equipment. So we knew we'll do it at a certain time where we know the FCC's, you know, it's on a Sunday night. In order for them to come out, they gotta really wanna get you. So he told us just, you know, if the FCC comes, shut it down and disappear. And now, tonight's UPN 9 News Rundown. To report from our investigative team, we're about to take you inside the secret world of pirate radio. They are outlaws of the airwaves, willing to risk jail to broadcast their kind of music. I-Team's Barbara Nevins-Taylor is here tonight with the story. Barbara? 
Brenda, they are the bad boys of radio, and their passion is hip-hop. And to play what they like, they break the law every Sunday night when they blast their music into the burrows. Bob and Evans Taylor called us while we was on the air one time, and I had a whole phone conversation with her. And she was like, hey, Adrian, how you doing? I'm from Channel and I'm like, oh, here we go. Because, you know, I watch that channel, and I watch what the I-Team does, and I'm like, every time they get involved in something, they're like, they're shutting you down. Like, they're not going to praise anything you do. Like, damn, man. But, you know, when she called me, she gave me the, the information she had. I'm like, oh, okay. So you, she's like, no, I'm, I love what you're doing. I'm listening to your show, and... You know, I'm doing the whole thing on Hot 97. I said, I've been watching it. You're going for his head. Like, he's going to be in jail because of you. And she started laughing, you know. And I was like, I hope you're not coming for my head. And she goes, no, I'm in awe of what you're doing. I got your contact information from some of these artists. I can't get any radio play on Hot 97, so that's why I want to sit down with you. So, you know, when she came at me like that, I said, all right. Friend Star and Smooth B, one day they came to me and they asked me if I was willing to do an interview on the news station. And I told them, no way. There's no way. I said, they're going to kill us. I said, that's a slap in the face to the FCC. I said, the FCC, they're not bothering us right now. I don't know if they know about us, but we're doing really good. And they said, oh, you know, this is going to help us. We're going to get put on mainstream radio. And I said, I'm not taking that chance. And I told them, no. Bottom line, hell's no. I'm not doing it. You know, they got upset about it. We were doing good. Why do we need exposure from a news station? Yeah, Centronics didn't want to do it because he was always very secretive with the station and with this and with that. And he had a job. He didn't want his employer to find out. You know, he could have lost a job for that. You know, this is all I did. So I didn't care about that. But he begged me, Dran, no, 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 we don't. And I said, you crazy. I'm doing it. Like, this is exposure. Like, we're already on the radio. Now they could put a face to the name. Like, we got to move forward. Like, if you don't want to move forward and you want to keep doing your, your nine to five for the rest of your life, that's cool. But I'm, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. He was like, nah, man, come on. We don't got to do it. And I said, well, you don't got to do it. I'm doing it. One day, Dren told me that he was having a, a bunch of artists coming to his studio. And we had the Comrades. He told me different artists, even Molly Mall from Hot 97, Future Flavors. And I said, why so many people? And I had a feeling something was wrong. He's like, no, nah, you know, I just want to make it a good show. I said, okay. So jumped in my car, drove to Manhattan. I went right through the battery tunnel. I was there in the flash. I go up, I knock on his door as a surprise. And guess who I see there? Barbara Nevins-Taylor from UPN9. And I said, what are you doing? I told you I didn't want to do this. You're going to kill us. We're doing good. We don't need this. So they were looking at me like I was Debbie the Downer. Like I just ruined everything. Barbara Nevins-Taylor goes to me. And, you know, what you're doing is a great thing for the hip-hop community. And, and I said, look, thank you, you know. But I don't need you to recognize us. We're doing just fine without you, you know. Oh, but come on. And, you know, we're not going to ask you questions that it's going to be uncomfortable. So I looked at them and I said, look, you're going to ruin a good thing. And if they broadcast this on UPN 9, we're done. I'm, I'm shutting it down, okay, because I don't need anyone to come after me 
and take my expensive equipment. Because it's not just the transmitters I got to worry about. They take everything, from my understanding. And I went to leave the apartment. Barbara Nevins Taylor comes chasing me. She's like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going back to the studio. She says, oh, my God, you know, why wouldn't you take credit for something you started? Such a wonderful thing. And I said, I'm not interested. As a matter of fact, I didn't want you here. And then one of my guys, he says, just do it. So I said, all right, you know what? I'll do it. But I don't want that camera pointing in my face. Take my silhouette. So she's like, oh, great. She started asking me questions. And I said, oh, my God. Do you know that what you're doing is illegal and all kinds of stuff that I just didn't want to answer? I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe that she's asking me these questions. Syntronics, the creator of Bad Radio, doesn't want to be identified, but he allowed the I-Team to visit during a Sunday night broadcast, as long as we don't reveal the location. Now, you're breaking the law. Is that frightening for you? Everybody breaks the law in, in some ways, you know? You know, we're playing music. We're not selling drugs. Creating a legal radio station is expensive. If a New York City radio station were available on a legal frequency, it would cost in the neighborhood of $75 million, according to industry insiders. Instead, BAD uses the frequency shared by stations on Long Island and in New Jersey. And that's why the FCC could make them stop broadcasting. You have two separate transmitters, or do you have it? That, I, I really don't want to discuss okay. that. When I finished the interview, I left, and I told Trendstar and Smooth B, if they aired this, we're done. And he stood quiet. We did the show. I went back to my studio. A week later, I get a phone call from Barbara Nevis-Taylor. She says, hi, it's Barbara Nevis-Taylor from UPN 9i Team. We're going to air your story tomorrow. And I was sick to my stomach because all this work that I put in, to do the station is going to go down the tubes. And I meant what I said, because that's a slap in the face to the FCC. They're going to go after us. That's how I felt. And I was sick to my stomach where I couldn't even go to work because I was just like, I can't believe they're doing this. You know, they're actually going to do it. The piece came on. It was a long piece. And then phone calls crazy labels everybody was like now it was like legit now everybody wanted to be on board they aired it and that was it i shut it down so everybody was like oh my god well how can you do this and i said you know you guys you have no idea what you guys did and i said i'll tell you what you want to go back on the air at least wait a month and i said if we go on the air we'll do it from your studio in Manhattan, okay? And they were like, okay. <laughs> so we went to his apartment building, which is housing projects, public housing. So we did it at night, and we put the antenna up, and I was in heaven because the signal was ridiculous in the Lower East Side. I drove down to Jersey, and I heard it in Jersey. So that was phenomenal, you know? Even Dr. X was jealous, you know? We put the antenna up there, we tried it that way, and I knew, I knew the FCC was going to come. And I told him, it's not like I didn't tell him, I said, you know, you want to be cocky? Then go for it. On top of the world. Yeah, 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 91.9, the rap. 
B.A.D. Radio, call us up right now. Something here, you need to go out for us, you need to go piano. You know what I'm saying? Get this shout-out session going on. Represent, baby. I just want to freestyle and shit. We're taking phone calls one day. It wasn't even a week that we went into this Manhattan location. Not even a week. We get a phone call. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, you know the difference. We're doing hip-hop. And when these guys call, they're talking, you know, slang. And this guy calls, he sounds really official. You know, so we're like looking at each other like, oh boy. And he says, hi, where are you guys? Where's the antenna? So he's asking questions. So we said, um, I think it's time to go. <laughs> and we hung up on him. I said, I don't know who that was, but it doesn't sound good, you know. So I believe the next week I called Dren and I told him from over here in Park Slope, I told him to, you know, how to turn the transmitters on. And I gave him something to play, and he played it. Next thing you know, I get a phone call. And he says, the FCC just got here with the NYPD. Yeah, I was doing a show. He was nervous, and they came. They came drawing a live broadcast. They came an hour before the show started because what I used to do, the show started at five. I used to just have it that playing up until five and then five, we, we were like live. The mics went on and things like that. So they came like around 4.30. I'll never forget it. I was in my apartment, you know, getting the show ready, running around, hooking things up. I heard the knock on the door and I looked through the Pico and there was like 20 people in my hallway. And I was like, oh shit. It was the FCC with the housing authority, with the cops. Like, it was crazy. It was like a, a big raid. I had my kids in the house, and they just wanted to see everything. Like, it was scary, but nothing happened. You know, Judah Mansback from the FCC, he asked for permission to come in, and he wanted to see, and he told me why he was there. I knew why he was there. He asked me if I knew who he was. I said, yeah, I know who you are. The NYPD was fascinated. Not <laughs> more than anything. They were like, wow, this is cool. But the uh, FCC was like, this is not cool, you know. <laughs> so he asked for a license. And he, of course, he said, no, we don't have a license. I was on the phone. I said, shut it off immediately. Let him in. They're going to ask you for a license. So you tell him you don't have it. Don't let him take any of the equipment because he has to give you a warning first. So he came in and he said, where's DJ Centronics? And he says, he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, after that, that was it. I shut it down. Centronic shut down WBAD in July of 1998. They had been broadcasting for three years. But Dren Starr tried going it alone. I went back on, but I moved. I started running around. Finally took my transmitter back. And then he went to try to do his own thing, which didn't do so well. I mean, he didn't do it out of his apartment. He did it somewhere else. You know, he did it his way. And at first he was trying to call it bad radio. And I said, no, it doesn't work that way, Trent. I'll tell you a funny story. After we got busted, right? <laughs> I'm bad. This is, this is, I was a teenager. So, you know, this is, this is the things we did. The FCC guys, Judah Mansback. He found us again. I was on Avenue D, East 10th Street and Avenue D. One of my friends had an apartment there. It was a 
pretty high building and we had the antenna on his balcony. And I go downstairs to the store and I'm crossing the street and I see the Ford Explorer. I see a guy put up a newspaper real fast. And I say, oh shit, look at this motherfucker right here. So, you know, naturally I'm nervous. I'm like, fuck, he found us again. This guy is crazy. So I go upstairs and I tell my friends, I'm like, yo, we got to shut this shit down. The FCC dude is downstairs. And he had an Explorer. I forgot the color, whether it was blue or green. But on the passenger seat, he had a big, I don't know what it was. It was like a big square, a big black square. But I went upstairs and to buy some time, I called the cops on him and said that there's a guy selling guns in front of 10th Street and Avenue D. And he has a whole crate of guns in his front passenger seat of his vehicle. And I put that 911 call and about 20 cop cars came. They Guns drawn out. They pulled out their guns on him. That gave us time, you know, shut everything down and take it and just run. That's what I did to buy a time. I said, this motherfucker's like, he's on us. We got to get out of here because he's going to do the same shit all over again. Like, he's not out here for no reason. Yeah, after I did that, I never went back on again. I stopped. I said, I'm not getting jammed up with this. That arrow was over for me. Drenstar later opened a studio, Pirate Recordings, and worked as a tour manager for a number of artists, including Ghostface Killer. Dave Cintron went on to DJ for Sirius Satellite Radio. He still works for UPS and is a union rep and creator of Local 804 Radio. Today's episode was produced by David Gorin. Thanks to DJ Centronics and Drenstar for their WBAD recordings, and DJ Centronics for excerpts from his Outlaws of the Airwaves mix. And thanks to Barbara Nevins-Taylor. Lost Nose is produced by Mike Dodge-Weisskopf. Our executive producer is Nick White. Thanks to Marion Hodges for production assistance. This show is made with support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project. Our theme music is by Science Park. We have a playlist on Spotify with a ton of music from this series. Go to kcrw.com slash lostnotes to find it. I'm Solomon Giorgio, and I already miss you. Hi, I'm Barbara Nevins-Taylor from the UPN9i team. I'm chilling with Dren Star, Bad Radio 91.9 FM.